Hello and welcome to and let's be heard for Friday, February 24th, 2023. I'm Mike Kachapoli. All right. How are you? All right. We've all made it to the end of the week. It's another big, another big, big Friday show. And, um, you know, I think I might start doing something called Crime Fridays. I know a lot of people think, Mike, come on, it's Friday, you want to be light, you know, you want to, uh, you know, be very light and, you know, you do movie reviews at the end of the show. But it's really getting to the point now where where, where crime is getting so bad, so bad. You know, I, I was just, I was on Twitter earlier today and I um, I saw a horrible, horrible video. I don't know if anyone else has seen this video, but it's a video of a, of a, of a store owner getting shot in the head. Uh, some guy walks in with a gun, shoots the store owner in the head in front of a kid, and then the guy just starts to eat some snack or something in front of him in Buffalo, New York. I mean, this is we are really in an in age now of 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 just total crime with no consequences. Um, I'd say the wild, wild west. People like to say that, but that's really not true because there was crime. There was justice in the wild, wild west. There was actually not a lot of crime in the wild, wild west. Why? Because everyone was allowed to carry a gun. So if a bad guy knows someone they want to harm or hurt or rob has a gun, they're going to think twice because they might be the ones who end up dying. Uh, so that's a deterrent right there. This is this is what the left doesn't seem to get because they have no common sense, because they have no morals or ethics or guarding principles. They they don't understand that. They don't understand that 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 genuinely realistic, hard truth concept that guns are a deterrent. That's why the founding fathers put in the Second Amendment, so we can protect ourselves from criminals, so we can protect ourselves from an unjust authoritarian government who wants to take away our rights. Uh, that's why they put the Second Amendment in there. And uh, look at what's happening in Ukraine, all right? So what's happening in Ukraine is, right, they were invaded by Russia. Uh, and uh, and what did what did Zelensky do? Well, he armed the citizens. He's using the citizens basically as he, they have their own army, but they also arm the citizens. So the citizens can fight to protect their, 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 their country, right? Well, that's the same guiding principle behind the Second Amendment. That we, the citizens, have a right to protect ourselves, protect our land, to protect our homeland, to protect our sovereignty, to protect our, uh, ourselves and our family from bodily harm. And that's what guns do. They are a, a deterrent. And the answer is absolutely for there to be more guns. And that means more guns in the hands of the of the right people, of the people who want to defend themselves, of the innocent civilians, of the people who are now simply just victims for the savages who prey on us, which would not happen if it was like the wild, wild west and we all had a gun on our hip. That would, that's what you call evening out the playing field. Okay? Um so that's, you know, I think the Daily News in New York does a, uh, every Friday, I mentioned doing a crime Fridays because the Daily News in New York, I have a friend of mine in New York and he said, you know, Mike, the Daily News does this thing on every Friday. Every Friday, they put out a whole crime blotter of all the crimes that are happening. And the page is always totally full and it's become a very, very popular page. And unfortunately, it's become a very, very popular page. So maybe we'll start doing that, right? Maybe we'll take a look at that and uh, and see if we can do like a crime Fridays. And just to remind everyone, 
just to remind everyone of the kind of world we're living in, of the, this, this, this lawlessness and disorder that we have now. Because the criminals know. It's, it's very simple. The left, once again, their, their, their brains can't absorb this idea, but it's, 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 it's a very simple idea that the criminals know we can't get guns. They're making, the, the politicians are making it tougher for the average citizen to get guns. That makes us pray. They like that. The criminals like the criminal element, the savage element out there loves gun laws because they will always break them. Hell, they don't have to break them. They already have an arsenal of guns. You can take every gun off the street and many of these criminals will already have, will still have an arsenal of guns and, and, uh, and bullets in their apartment or home, in their garage. So they don't care. They like those laws. They want us not to be able to protect ourselves. On top of that, when they, when they commit a crime, they don't go to jail. They go to jail for a very short period of time and they're out. So why not? Why not? We are basically open season for the savage criminals now. That, that's what it's come down to. We're open season for the savage criminals. And the Democrats truly, I, I thought about this today, which is the heading of this show. Democrats truly believe that masks protect us and guns don't. They think masks, masks are good. Masks, cloth masks with 5 million holes stop a virus particular from getting into your lung. They believe that a 1,000%. If they don't believe that guns, that a good person having a gun can deter a bad person having a gun, if it doesn't deter them, they can at least fight back and protect themselves. They don't believe those are truths because there's something wrong with their brain. There's something wrong with the liberal brain. The liberal brain is broken. The liberal brain has been broken by virtue signaling and political correctness and a lot of bullshit that has nothing to do with reality. Nothing to do with reality, just political correctness and bullshit. So when I drive through the streets of San Francisco, well, when I ride through the streets of San Francisco, um, I look up and I see the Salesforce building and it has the blue and gold colors of Ukraine. You would think the sale is a Salesforce building owned by the city. I thought the Salesforce building was a private company. Why, why is a private company? Well, I, I imagine my own question because once again, it's more left. You have a private company that is situated in San Francisco and it's a tall penis like building, which everyone can see. And so you want to virtue signal to the people who live in San Francisco, right? You want to virtue signal just like city hall in, in, in San Francisco and city hall in many cities where they can change lights. They virtue signal with their lights. Their lights virtue signal to the rest of the population, which uh, feeds it, which they feed into, right? So basically, we're driving through a city, which is a, a total shithole, right? With crime on the streets, people walking in the middle of the street. A guy was walking in the middle of the street with his shoe off, obviously strung out, probably on fentanyl. Um, and uh, people pissing and shitting on the streets, people lying in tents. And yet we look up and there's, oh, the beautiful blue and gold wavy colors of the Ukrainian flag. So this is, this is what a basic cities have become. Virtue signaling to the lowest common denominator lowbrow voter. The lowest common denominator lowbrow American, which resides in our blue cities. Um, when everything else is actual, sh when the reality is shit. When the reality is shit, they live in shit. We live in shit. We live in piss. We live in a shithole. But we can look up and we can see the Ukrainian flag flying high. Can you is there anything more bullshit than that? Is there anything more bullshit than that imagery of, of, of homelessness and drug addiction and crime on the streets? Yet the Ukrainian flag flying high on the top of a penis building in San Francisco. 
And that's the same. I'm not, I'm not making like San Francisco is different than many of the blue cities. I think it's worse than many, but it's not, there's no different than Chicago's or New York's. They do the same thing. The Empire State Building will be lit in Ukrainian flag colors while there's people getting shot in the head in, in stores and, and, uh, and savages on the streets with AK-47s killing innocent civilians. This, this happens in all major cities. Because once again, the bottom line is Democrats truly believe that masks protect us, but guns don't. Democrats want to put more listen, listen, this, Democrats want to put more mass on the street and, to, and, 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 and take the guns away from us. They want us they want to send a box of masks. And they did that for a while. Weren't they doing that for a while? They were sending masks to people. So they want to send box of masks to you, but they want to make sure you can't get a gun to protect yourself. This is how bad crap fucking insane these people are. They're insane. Their brains have been broken. The left's brain has been broken. Their, 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 what is that? What is it? Cerebral cortex has been disconnected. Someone, someone, maybe it was Donald Trump. He, it's been disconnected. It's been cut. And so the reality doesn't matter to them anymore. They don't have to live in the real world anymore. They can live in, in, in a, in a, in a fake world and, uh, and live in their own bubble. But the problem is they draw us into that bubble. You see, if Democrats, want to, and if liberals in big cities want to wear masks and not have guns for their whole lives, they can do that. They can go to the grave, and it'll probably be an early grave because they'll be killed, and they can go to the grave with a mask on. They don't have to have a gun, but they want the rest of us to be forced to wear masks and not be able to get a gun to protect ourselves. That's the problem. That Therein lies the problem. No one is forcing anyone, unfortunately, to not wear masks, and no one's forcing anyone to get a gun. But they want to force us to wear masks and not have guns. That's the problem, you see. So when they bullshit that they we want things our way, that we want to force our way of life on them, we know that's total bullshit with the left. The left has been a totally authoritarian. They want to force, as proven over the last three years, ad nauseum. They want to force their us to live as they say they say they see they see fit, and they say we should live. And that's the problem. But the problem is the rest of us are now at danger, at danger of bodily, physical harm because of them, because of their policies and their insistence that we live the way they live. That's the issue. That's when the fighting back has to begin. That's when the fighting back has to begin. Because my life can't be at stake. Because of their virtue signaling, because of their wokeness, because of their mental illness. If they want their lives to be at stake, right? If they want to be prey to the savages on the streets, that's up to them. But you can't make me, okay? You can't make me be prey to the savages we have on the streets now here in San Francisco and other major cities. You can't. Once again, this is the part of why people are leaving. That's why people are leaving in droves. Like I said, don't believe in the numbers, Remember, when they say a million people died of COVID, it's probably about eight. I'm exaggerating, but you know what I mean. But when they say 200,000 people left New York City, it's probably a million people. When they say 85,000 people left San Francisco, it's probably 300,000. They lie. They lie about everything. They fix the numbers. That's, that's the, it's, so, it's so hilarious that they have fixed numbers over the last three years to fit their narrative. They have fixed their numbers. They fix they fix, they rig things to look the way they want it to look instead of the actual reality, instead of the actual reality. So 
Once again, if they want to live, if they want to be prey to the types of, of, of savage individuals that are roaming our streets now, it's, that's fine. They can, they can, if it's some kind of a weird suicide pact. That's fine. If they feel they should be prey to people who uh, are so, you know, uh, so downtrodden and have, so, you know, oh, they've, they've, oh, they've, their lives have been, they, they've started, you know, they started, uh, they started the race three paces behind us. You know, we're, we're white and we're, we're so privileged. You know, we're sorry. <laughs> and if they feel that means they should be prey to these savages, that's, that's their business. But they can't make me. And you see, they want to make me and they want to make you. And therein lies the problem. Therein lies the problem. <sighs> the show is in Let's Be Heard. I do want to remind everyone, I'm going to probably say this a few times through this show, that um, Monday's show, Monday's, this coming Monday, the 27th, there will be a special time for In Let's Be Heard. We will air a prime time, it'll be a prime time Monday night show, 7.30 p.m. Pacific. It'll be 10.30 p.m. Eastern. I'll have John Dennis on. John Dennis is the chairman of the San Francisco Republican Party. And I had him on my podcast a long time ago. I haven't had him on while I've been on the call-in network. Before I was on call-in, I had him on my show. But he'll be also open to taking your calls. So tell your friends, tell everybody to be listening on Monday night, 7.30 p.m. Pacific, 10.30 p.m. Eastern. And uh, we'll talk to John Dennis. It's very interesting because this crime thing is a big thing. We'll talk to John about that. He'll have a lot to talk about as far as crime in, in, in our big cities and specifically San Francisco, where he's run for Congress at least a couple of times against Nancy Pelosi. So he'll talk more about, he'll talk about that. He'll talk about lots of issues plaguing San Francisco and other Democrat run cities and what can be done. What can be done? I know people are thinking, Oh, come on, Mike, San Francisco Republican party. Right, right. Well, there is one and it has grown and it has grown because of the lunacy of the Democratic party, the lunacy of the left. And, uh, Another reason why it has grown is because there are people now who simply understand that the crime, the violence, the homelessness, the drug addiction is now coming into their, not only coming into their neighborhood. You know, it's one thing for it to come into a neighborhood, but it's another thing when it starts affecting you, when you start knowing of people, when your son or daughter take a bad pill and end up dying of fentanyl poisoning and you live in a nice area, whether it's a nice area in San Francisco or just a nice area in the country. Then it starts affecting you and you go, oh, you know, we got to do something about that. And a lot of the people who become the biggest advocates against crime, against fentanyl, against drug addiction are parents who have lost children. Or as I've had Jackie Berlin on my show a couple of times of Mothers Against Drug Addiction and Deaths, um, it uh, affects their, her son because her son's an addict and she's afraid it will kill him one day. So these are, these are things we'll talk about with John. John's really great. And he's been on Fox several times. He's been on Fox and Friends uh, first uh, with Todd Pyro. And uh, I'm going to try to get John to run for – I'm going to bug him because I'm supposed to. I'm going to try to get him to run for Senate. I'm going to try to get him to run for Feinstein's seat, the open seat next next year for the U.S. Senate. Um, because I think that – I truly – Republicans in San Francisco won't admit this, but it's still a long, long way to go if ever – where a Republican can win here. But, but, but we've known in the past Republicans have won statewide in California. I think that will happen first. I think a Republican will win statewide in California well before, well before. I don't think there's any kind of genius prediction, but well before a Republican wins citywide in San Francisco. So I'm going to try to get John to run for Senate. 
We'll see if it works. Maybe you guys can help me out on this. That'll be Monday night. Monday night prime time show. And let's be heard 7.30 p.m. Pacific, 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. I want everyone to know the phone lines are open. It's Friday. I've talked all week long about a million subjects. If you want to call in and talk about anything I've talked about today, the past week, or anything that's on your mind, the telephone lines are open for your thoughts. Um, you know, going through Twitter, by the way, is it my imagination? Why do these apps change? Why are these? Didn't Twitter up until like today have something called recent stories or, or where you could like click on a link and it said, oh, it said top stories and it would send you to a bunch of news articles. But today, which I usually do before the show, it's very helpful. And it lists all the top stories and news articles of the day. And I went today and I clicked on recent store or news stories and it took me, it says this page is blank. And then the link totally went away. What are you doing, Elon? Come on, Elon, Elon. Leave Tesla alone and come back to Twitter because we need you back here. We need you back here. And you, what happened to the Twitter file? Where are the Fauci files? He pr- promised in February. Next week's going to be March. Come on, Elon. I know you listen to the show and your buddy David Sachs runs this network. Get back to Twitter. We need you. We need you. Something's also wrong with the hashtags on Twitter now. It's not really showing. It used to say trending or it used to say like, you know, like uh, 1,000 tweets, 2,000 tweets, something was popular. Now it doesn't say anything anymore. Really, really bizarre. So I don't, I don't know what's going on. We need to get Elon back back to Twitter. But I did read. I haven't talked about him much, except I reviewed that movie, she said, about him, Harvey Weinstein. Someone needs to explain this to me, please. Talking about crime, obviously. Um, how many sentences has Harvey Weinstein gotten? It seems like he's gotten like 17 sentences so far. Are there more coming? Anyway, his his latest sentence was 16 years on top of how many. Obviously, he's in jail for life. He's not getting he's, he's never getting out of jail. Um, and of course, he shouldn't. But there are a lot of people who do get out of jail who shouldn't get out of jail, um, along with Harvey Weinstein. And they do get out of jail. But Harvey, OK, Harvey's not going to get out of jail. He's a very high profile guy. They had to make a point of him and he will not be getting out of jail. So his latest sentence was uh, was 16 years. And, um, you know, Harvey was a guy who was getting away with rape for a long time. Getting away with rape for a long time because he was raping people who were trying to get into the movie business. And a lot of them thought that, you know, one, they had to do this with him or he would destroy them, which he did, by the way. And that word was getting around that if you didn't do what Harvey wanted, he would destroy your career. You could not have a career. You couldn't have a career. So, and of course, he was a big guy. He he he's putting on that show now. By the way, that I believe it's a hundred percent show. The thing with the walker. I mean, before he went to jail, he had no walker. He's in jail for a week. He comes out with a walker. I, I think it's an act. It hasn't worked, but and it makes him look feeble, right? So it makes him look like it, that whole thing is a stupid act, like that guy murder uh, murder put on it. Mister Murder is innocent. I, you must find Mister Murder innocent. Imagine having having a name murder and committing murder. Like that guy, you know, putting on an act. But uh, yeah, of course, Harvey. Yes, Mike, you're right. Harvey was bu- bu- buddies with a lot of Democrats, a lot of them, a lot of them. And they all said, oh, we didn't know. We didn't, we didn't know anything. Oh, we didn't know. Of course, some of them didn't know. And some of them just looked the other way because he was Harvey Weinstein. But, um, you know, it, it's uh, it, it, it's to the point where 
it's such an obvious act. The guy has a he wants to look feeble, like he could not rape women, right? That there's no way he could rape women because he's a feeble old man with a walker. But Harvey Weinstein actually was a was a pretty big hulking guy, and he could physically overwhelm all those all those little skinny wannabe actresses that he ended up fucking and raping. Um, but he got away with a very long time, a very very long time, years and years and years. And I think you can probably find that film she said now on streaming. You should. It's pretty good. It's it's actually it's hard for me to admit this, but it's actually the New York Times actually doing some real investigative journalism and shows you what happens when people do some real investigative journalism, which they very rarely do. They'll do it for a subject like let's get the rich, privileged white guy. But in normally they won't do that kind of investigative journalism. Um, so but they did and they got him. And that was a big reason why Harvey got caught was because of the New York Times. Um, oh, once again, I almost forgot. Look, I mentioned this last night, and this fits in with the uh, with the crime stuff I'm talking about now. Gavin Newsom has closed four California prisons, and he's looking to close more. Well, that's part of, once again, the mindset of the Democrat, right? Let's let's close prison. That's how we'll that's how we'll limit. That's how we'll get rid of crime. We'll close. We'll we'll, we'll pretend. We'll close our eyes. And cover our ears and and pretend crime doesn't exist, and we'll just close prisons because we don't need them, right? Because there's no crime. So, and that's like the the skeeviness of Gavin of the, of the hair gel king of California um, is like he'll say, "Oh, look, I've closed prisons. I've 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 closed prisons. Therefore, crime is down. <laughs> I've closed prisons because there's no crime anymore." That's what he'll, that's what he'll try to say. You see, I, I can close prisons because I I got, I got rid of crime. California is crime free. Can't you tell? But of course, this is ass backwards thinking. What, what California needs is more prisons. But this is in cahoots with the liberal DAs and George. This is the whole. This is the whole part of George Soros's New World Order vision, right? Which is you close prisons, you get DAs who who don't prosecute, and therefore the prisons are no longer overcrowded, and everyone's all the criminals are out on the streets. That's 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 the that's the New World Order thinking of a guy like George Soros. Close the prisons. Higher liberal DAs, therefore the prisons aren't even needed. And who, of course, who 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 suffers? We do. We suffer because we're prey to these savages that get out. Know they'll get out. They'll know they'll get out. They'll know the look. Wasn't the, who was that one guy? They did a couple of crimes. They had no. They had robbed four or five people, and he was stupid though. And was this about two weeks ago, where the cameras on him and he says, "I'll be out tomorrow." Right? This arrogant little fucking prick. Now, he shouldn't have said, I'll be out tomorrow. He overdid it. He overplayed his hand. And because he publicly said that, they kept him in. If he had not said that, he probably would have been out tomorrow. That's why he said that, because he's probably been out tomorrow so many times that he was emboldened to actually proclaim that on camera. And that's because they know that George Soros will let them out. George Soros-backed liberal DAs will let them out with a simple slap on the wrist. And they'll be out to commit crime, to loot, to rape, to rob, and to uh, pile up more victims. So that's the hair gel king. And this is the same hair gel king that today, once again, once again, goes after Ron DeSantis. He truly thinks he's like – he truly thinks he's hurting Ron DeSantis by going after him. All he's doing is scoring points with the moron voters of California. But basically all he's doing is scoring points with the moron voters of California who will vote for him no matter what. So it's, 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 
and of course he's 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 doing his same bullshit of how California is in so much better shape. California is so much more free. Yes, you are free to die here. You are. You're free. You're free to be a victim of a savage criminal here. Absolutely, he's right. We're I'm free. We're all free to that. Um, but you're not free to make a living here because the cost of living is so high and the taxes are so high. You're not, you're not free to have a small business here. You're not free to have a, a corporation here. You're, you're not free to own a gun here to protect yourself. You're, you're not free to discuss COVID with your doctor. Your doctor must say what Gavin Newsom says he has to say. Um, you're not free to not wear a mask. You're not free to, to not get a vaccine. You're not free. You're not free to do anything here, anything here other than be prey to the criminal element. The criminal element on the streets and the criminal element in politics. That's what we're free to do here. That's it. Oh, you're free to fuck as much without a condom, get pregnant and get abortions. You're free to kill as many unborn children as you want. I have to add that. He's right. You are free to that. You're free to have no responsibility with your, with your, with your dick. Absolutely. This is, it's true. He's right. He's right. That I should give him credit. Yeah, that, 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 that's, that's true. So, but that's it. That that's where that's where our freedoms begin and end here. But like like Mayor Shaft, Eric Adams in New York, he thinks he's being a tough guy for going after the king. Right. It's like you have to go after the king. If you're such a tough guy, you're going to go after the king. But eventually the king's going to squash your fucking stupid ass. And that's what's going to happen here, too. They think they're so tough because they're going after the head honcho, Ron DeSantis, and they know that. And DeSantis doesn't say anything because he knows they know that he's the head honcho and they have to go after the head honcho. These Democrat fucking hacks, the hair joke king of California and Mayor Shaft in New York, they have to go after him publicly to score points with their loser constituents, with their no brain, no common, no uncommon sense loser constituents. And he keeps doing it. And the only thing that's going to get him is Ron DeSantis will be president. So then he can do a Ron DeSantis. Well, Ron DeSantis is president. Gavin Newsom and, and Shaft Adams can do all the, all the tweeting they want. They can go after him as much as they like, but he's going to be president of the United States. And Eric Adams will be a mayor of a failed city and Gavin Newsom will be mayor of a failed state. That's basically what, that's basically what the end game is going to be for both of them. And, and Gavin Newsom knows that. Gavin Newsom absolutely knows that. So, you know, wh- why does he why does he care? Right. Why does he care? Why does it? I should say Ron DeSantis knows it. So why does he care? He doesn't care. He doesn't care. I did want to read this tweet. I almost forgot. I was going to read it yesterday from Grant Cardone, who wrote professionals got it wrong. And this is a great list. There's probably more. But this is a great list. Now that we can write more letters, characters on, on Twitter. Uh, PCR testing didn't work. Fatality rate select. This is, by the way, if you, this is all about COVID. Uh, if you didn't notice, PCR testing didn't work. Fatality rate select math. Lockdowns wrong. Business closures terribly wrong. School closures awful wrong. Quarantine the healthy stupid. Hospital overload wrong. Plexiglass barriers ridiculous. Social distancing, uh, ridiculous. Um, outdoor spread, haha, masks, ridiculous, variant impact, wrong, natural immunity, wrong, vaccine efficacy, wrong, vaccine injury, millions will die. <laughs> He's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. Um, and uh, this is a great response, by the way, by John Hawkins. It's actually worse than that, because not only did they get so much wrong, they did it while being so obviously sure, obviously sure that they were right. And they were lobbying to have people censored for disagreeing with them. 
That runs counter to everything science is about. So that's a that's a Grant Cardone. Who's Grant? I've seen a lot of his tweets. Grant Cardone. Oh, it's Grant Cardone, CEO of Cardone Capital. Oh, that's right. Okay, that's where I know him from. That's where I know him from. Okay. All right. He's got a lot of money. Uh, so I can tell you he's got a lot of money, but he's also got a lot of common sense, uncommon sense and brains because he's right about all of that stuff. All of that stuff he's 100%, 100% correct about. 100%. Uh, some late some late breaking news. This is late breaking news. It looks like Kevin McCarthy, if I can pull up the story, is finally going to try to stop all this. Did you see that Biden wants to give and Democrats want to give another $3 billion to Ukraine? Another $3 billion. On top of the half million he promised when he went to Ukraine a few days ago and kissed Zelensky's ass, another $3 billion. So at some point, someone with a little bit of uncommon sense and brains and morals and ethics has to stop this. At some point, it has to stop it. They cannot keep this money train going, this, this, op- this blank check, this blank check. Um. Oh, look at the Business Insider. McCarthy packed with far-right GOP could endanger, oh, endanger USA to Ukraine, endanger us opening up our wallets. What's our, what's our deficit? How many trillion dollars? Uh, I think we're endangering the U.S. Are we not endangering the actual, actually endangering the U.S. by continuing to spend money, to send money to a, a, a fucking country thousands of miles away when we're in a huge deficit here? When inflation is through the ass, gas prices through the roof, people can't afford to put bread on their tables. Oh, no, let's not endanger USA to Ukraine. Let's continue to endanger lives of Americans who this fucking feeble old bastard Biden took an oath to protect and serve. He took the oath. The president States takes an oath to protect and serve the United States, not Ukraine. End of rant. But yes, it looks like McCarthy is going to uh, try to stop it, try to block any more funding. And this is, once again, funding with absolutely no accountability whatsoever. Funding with absolutely no – there's no accountability when it comes to this funding. The money could be spent any way Zelensky wants to spend it. Anyway. Including on new furniture for his kingdom, for his castle, the castle he has, his his castle, his castle. Um, it's amazing how we we mocked. Do you remember how we mocked how the media here and the politicians mocked Saddam Hussein's castle in Iraq? And we said, oh, what a dict- obviously a dictator. Look at the way he lives. But this is exactly the way Zelensky lives. How come we don't mock that? How come we don't criticize that? How come we don't call him a dictator? For having a, a kingdom like that. It's the same fucking thing that Saddam Hussein had, only updated. It, you know, it, it's more hypocrisy from America. It's more hypocrisy from the legacy media and our politicians that we, we mocked. We, now, first of all, we didn't only mock Saddam Hussein. We killed him. We didn't only uh, – Gaddafi, same situation, right? Killed him. Yet Zelensky is a great guy. This is how stupid this is. This is how stupid people in this country are that they buy this garbage. That they buy this fucking garbage. Saddam Hussein and, and Gaddafi were bad kings with their castles. But Zelensky's a wonderful king. He's allowed to have a castle because he's on our side. He's the good guy. Right? He's the good guy. Once again, we don't even know. We're fed. 
what we're fed by the legacy media here, the Western version, we don't even know what the truth is anymore. We don't know the truth anymore. We don't even know. Do we know something as simple as Russia invaded Ukraine unprovoked? Do we know that's the truth? No, of course not. That's what we're told. We're told that Russia simply Putin one day decided I'm going to go invade Ukraine today. And that's what he did. So that's what we're fed by the West media. And you cannot. I just dared, by the way, but most people can't dare to even question that narrative. No, no. Putin is the bad guy. He just simply went in and invaded Ukraine. That's it. That's it. And Zelensky and the Ukrainians and the underdogs, and they are being invaded by this horrible, horrible, horrible Goliath named Putin. That's what we're fed. So, how, But how much do we really know the truth there, what the truth is? We really don't. We don't. We get little bits and pieces, right? Well, Putin says he wants to cleanse Ukraine of Nazis. It could be true he said that. Maybe he didn't. I don't even know. It could be much deeper. Of course, it's much deeper and more complex than that. But that's what we're fed. We only know what we're fed by our media. We only know what we're fed by the West media. That's all we know. The legacy media, what they feed us are the facts, right? But once again, and this goes through COVID and what I said about climate change. After what they did for the last three years, I can't believe anything they say. In fact, quite unfortunately, I have to believe everything is the opposite of what they say it is. Because they fed so much bullshit to us for the last three years. They fed so much stuff to us that we know is not true, right? So if they said vaccines would stop the spread and it doesn't, if they said masks would stop the spread and they don't, if they said social distancing and lockdowns would end COVID and they didn't, how do we know they're telling the truth when they said Putin just decided one day to invade Ukraine? How do we know that? And why should we believe? Boy, the cried wolf. Boy, I'll say it over and over again. Boy, the cried wolf. Boy, the cried wolf. How do we believe it? How do we believe it? People say, oh, Mike, no, there's evidence. It's the videos, the bombs. Yeah. What, what is that? What are we seeing? What are we seeing? What's the context? And are we seeing? And with the tele- when, they, when they show us a bomb, when they show us a building in Ukraine that's been hollowed out, how do we know the Ukraine? How do we know Zelensky didn't do that to himself? How do we know Zelensky didn't do that purposely to make it look like Putin did it? How do we know? How do we know that bomb? We only we're told that bomb came from Russia and you better fucking believe it. Because you're a Putin lover if you don't believe it, right? So all you got to say is we say that happened. Putin's evil. You're a Putin lover if you think that might not be the truth. And that's it. And over and over again, over and over again. Then there's the early story of those uh, Ukrainians on the boat or Ukrainians and the Russians bombed them. And then they found out that never happened. Remember how big that story was for a week? At the beginning of the war, one of the first one of the first stories coming out of this war was a total lie. Those soldiers never perished; they never died. We told that we were told they did. We were told they were so heroic. They were, we were told the story went like this: "Get them away from us." This is the Russian-Ukrainian accent; the same. I can't really tell the difference. And the Ukrainians said, "No, we're not get away. This is our land. This is our this is our territory." Blah blah blah. And then we went back and forth. And the Russians said, okay, you, and the Ukrainians said, no, we're not going anywhere. Evil Russia, we're staying here, evil Russia. Okay, boom, and they're dead. That's what we were told was the story. It was almost like a, it was like a Braveheart thing. 
it's better to forget my scene. Think of think of Braveheart, right? We're going to defend our freedom. Boom. And they killed them all. It never happened, though. It never fucking happened. So one of the first stories we were told was a total fabrication. So how do we know what we're being told is true? How do we know? We don't know. It's, it's also very it's – it's way too simplistic for someone with a brain as large as mine. It's too simplistic to say, well, no, no, come on. This is the way it is. Putin's bad. Zelensky's great. Putin bombed. Russia bombed Ukraine. Russia's the aggressor. And they say, oh, no, the only way there's peace is if Russia leaves. You notice that now? They're talking about China is stepping in. And China is stepping in. Our enemy is step. Our enemy is joining. Once again, this is like – you, in a bad movie, a bad even a bad screenwriter couldn't come up with this horseshit. Our enemy is joining our other enemy, and they're going to be a super enemy, and they're taking over, and they're going to destroy Ukraine. And now we find out what China's actually doing is they're trying to they come up with like a 12-step plan. They're actually stepping in. As much as I dis- despise China and the Chinese Communist Party and the, and the way in authoritarianism and the way they handled COVID, they seem to be stepping in. And of course, they, they brought us COVID. Stepping in and saying, okay, we're going to try to be the adults here and we can come up with a 12-step plan. But as I've told you many times and as many people have speculated, the Americans don't want – America doesn't want peace. They want this war. This war is good for us. So we don't want peace. Zelensky doesn't want peace. The war is good for him. Because right away they're poo-pooing and they're going, oh, no, 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 not good, not good, no. The only way this peace is if Putin stops – and now, once again, we don't even know if he's the aggressor here. We don't know exactly what's even going on. But what they're saying is, oh, no, Putin must stop. Just Putin just has to stop. Just stop. How idiotic is that and simplistic is that? That's not going to happen because it's a fabrication to begin with. So we are going to try to – we're going to try to shit on every idea about peace. Okay, we'll say, oh, no, it comes from the Chinese. We can't trust them. It doesn't matter what it says. We just can't trust them. Oh, no, no, no. This means that Ukraine loses 10% of their country. No, Putin can't see that he was able to take 10% of the country because then he'll take the world. This is the kind of crap they're feeding us. The pro-war neocons, the people who love war and just want, just have, tr- have Putin derangement syndrome want us to believe. And I pointed out their contradictory thinking from day one. I pointed out their idiotic, contradictory thinking that they've never been able to quantify, never been able to explain, which is if Putin's army is so weak that they can't even take over the Ukraine in a year, how is he going to take over Poland and NATO countries in the world? I want to know if his army is so weak that it takes him a year. It takes him a year to get to maybe through 15 percent of Ukraine and we talk about how weak he is and how, how much weaker we thought he was and what a and what a and what a stupid army he has and how de, how demoralized they are. What's the, they're going to be moral. They, so they're going to be into taking over Poland and the rest of the world. It's so stupid. They're, they have no their logic makes no sense. It's illogical. And yet they continue with this ridiculous fucking line. The, the neocons, many of them who are Republicans, are doing the same stupid fucking thing. That Democrats do with COVID. 
with vaccines, which is we have proof and more proof and more proof that vaccines don't work yet. They keep on pushing their shit. Their vaccine, their vaccine mandates, their masks. Right. Well, the right neocons made up of Republicans and Democrats are saying the same thing, the same illogical thing, which is, oh, no, if we let Putin win, take win any ground at all in the Ukraine, he will take over the world. It's idiotic. He'll be emboldened. With what army? You've been telling us for a year his army is shit. So if he, if he can't take over little old Ukraine, the David versus the Goliath, how is he going to take over the NATO countries? It's idiotic. But because our journalists are neocons in this country, they always are. The legacy media has always been neocons. And Americans in general, as I've pointed out, are for every war we get into, every war we get into, when we say these people are bad, the morons in this country believe for a period of time, usually two, three years, right? So they get away with this ridiculous, illogical garbage about Putin being emboldened if he isn't totally pushed back and destroyed, that he's going to take over the world. They believe this crap. It's horseshit. It's more fear and hysteria. Once again, these are the right wingers, the neocons, along with Democrats, pushing the same fear and hysteria that the left pushed for the last three years regarding COVID. No logic, no facts, no evidence to anything they say. But they continue to push it. They continue to push it and push it and push it. Yeah, this is a once again, if you want to call in and talk about whatever you want, you can. But this is getting back to to the hair gel king of California. Um, Gavin Newsom shares a an article from Politico titled "Trump demoralized the demonized the media." Trump was one hundred percent right about the media, by the way. DeSantis wants to diminish them. Uh, and and Gavin Newsom writes: DeSantis's version of freedom means he controls what you learn, what is said, and how you express it. He is single-handedly targeting all the individual pillars of the First Amendment: freedom of speech, freedom to assemble, and now freedom of the press. So Gavin Newsom is such a fucking idiot, knowing that his constituents in California are just as dumb as he is, not dumber, that he can push off that kind of bullshit because DeSantis is challenging the freedom of the press. He's targeting freedom of the press simply by saying. He isn't going to talk. In other words, freedom of the press isn't that Gavin, that Governor DeSantis or any governor has to talk to the media. That's how, that's what an idiot this hair gel king is. That DeSantis simply saying, I'm not going to engage with you. I'm not going to engage with you when your object is to destroy me, when you are not an honest part- partner. If you're not an honest participant, if you've proven over and over again that you're not an honest participant, I'm simply not going to give you my time. There's nothing in the Constitution that says the governor has to talk to the media. What is he, an athlete after a fucking game? That's not challenging freedom of the press because he doesn't want to talk. He's not going to give them the time of day because they are not honest players and they're biased. If you prove to me that you're not to be trusted, why should I trust you? Am I a fucking idiot? Am I a mook? No, you see, DeSantis isn't a mook. He's not a moron. He's not going to give them what they want. He's not going to play into their game. He's not going to help them score brownie points against him. He's not a fucking submissive fool. Okay? 
But of course, Gavin Newsom will always talk to the media because they kiss his ass. Matthew Marsden, who I should have on this show, I'd like to. Matthew Marsden, the actor who's been blacklisted and blackballed because he's not a he's not a left lunatic in Hollywood, writes. Uh, his response is great. I'll, I'll do the whole thing. <laughs> I left your state. He went to Texas because you are running it into the ground. Don't think you're going to win against either of these in an election. So stop trying to pick a fight with them. Oh, and French laundry. But uh, Jay Bhattacharya had put this tweet up by Gavin Newsom and saying, uh, Ron DeSantis of Florida did not violate free speech rights of doctors, AB 2098. He did not ban in-home Bible studies. He prioritized the right to an education. He opposed censorship of scientific discussions online. Gavin Newsom did none of these things or worse. Most people don't know about Tandon versus Newsom 2021. Pastors wants to host small in-person Bible studies in their homes. In the case known as Tandon versus Newsom, they objected that the limits interfered with their free exercise of religion. California's coronavirus restrictions on home-based religious gatherings like Bible studies, worship, and prayer meetings were more strict than the Constitution allows, the U.S. Supreme Court said. Governor Gavin Newsom has no respect for basic civil liberties. And he's 100% right. Gavin Newsom is a hypocritical little playboy, little prick. Him and the Hitler in blackface, Hitler wannabe in blackface, Justin Trudeau, belong together. Hey, maybe they are. These are little petty tyrants. Little petty tyrants who were losers through life and found that they could be authoritarians because they could appeal to people who were basically just as fucking dumb as they are. And just like a cult leader, right? A cult leader take what they do is they take advantage of weak minds. That's people like that's how Gavin Newsom gets to power. That's how Justin Trudeau gets the power because they've able to manipulate the minds of the weak, just like a cult leader. That's what a cult leader does. They manipulate the minds of the weak. And that's what they're able to do. They found their niche. They found their niche. It's through a sociopathic. It's a, it's a, it's the, it's the, it's the unfortunate abilities of sociopaths. Sociopaths have this ability. They have this ability to get people into their web. They're, they, they, they're able to take advantage of weak. They're able to, to point out notice Weak minds, and they're able to get those weak minds on board with them. That's what sociopaths, that's the unfortunate ability, powerful ability sociopaths have. That's why we have so many sociopaths in, in, uh, in, in politics, because they have this ability to get people on board, to, to bring people in. And it's really just taking, like I said, it's taking advantage of feeble, weak-minded individuals. And so Gavin Newsom... And Justin Trudeau have been able to do this, and they've been able to gain great, great power, great power through this. And they don't like people who are not sociopaths. See, another another ability of the sociopath is to is to recognize someone who's not a sociopath. And they recognize Gavin Newsom recognizes that Ron DeSantis is not a sociopath, so he must attack him. They must attack the non-sociopath. Even though they are total sociopaths. And that's what they do. They prey on people who are not sociopaths. And Ron DeSantis is probably one of the few people in politics who's not. He's one of the few. That's probably what I like about him. That's a, how, about, how about that for a campaign slogan? Not a sociopath. That's a great, I think that's a great saying. <laughs> campaign. 
campaign slogan. Not a sociopath. Not a sociopath. 2024. We need more of that. We need non-sociopaths in, in politics. Um, but that's that's why you see like the Gavin Newsom's and and uh, Trudeau may have done it too, and and you know uh, Shaft Adams, Mayor Shaft Adams, going after Ron DeSantis because they're sociopaths who recognize someone who's not one, and they need to try to destroy them. They only want fellow sociopaths being in the game. So, luckily, luckily, the people of Florida were able to see. And I think it's that it's it's the um, it's the comparison they were able to see comparing themselves to their friends in California, comparing themselves over the last few years to their friends in New York and so on and so forth. And they were able to see how Ron DeSantis gave them a great life in Florida, gave them a great quality of life and did things there that allowed allowed Florida to be free, allow Florida to be the state of freedom, the state where wokeness goes to die. This is not just, these aren't just slogans. These are actual things DeSantis has done. Wokeness does die in Florida. It does not get anywhere. Okay. There is freedom in Florida, freedom to live your life, freedom to not be killed, freedom to have a business, freedom to not have a mask shoved in your mouth, freedom to not be forced to get an experimental poison vaccine. These are real freedoms that people in Florida love. And they know the only reason why they had them is because of Ron DeSantis, right? Because if they were living under the sociopath hair gel king or if they're living under Justin Trudeau or, 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 or Mayor Shaft, they would have to do these things. They wouldn't have these freedoms. If Florida were run by a Democrat, if that uh, Gillum, if that uh, sexual pervert uh, had won, they would have had – they wouldn't have not have had any freedom there. And they know that. So they appreciate Ron DeSantis for giving them freedom that other governors didn't give their – people, which is why he won by one and a half million votes, which is why he went from winning by 30,000 four years earlier to one and a half million. And you don't do that unless Democrats vote for you in Florida. You don't do that unless independents vote for you in Florida, unless Greens vote for you, Libertarians, Republicans, left, right, center, middle, everywhere you want to go, they have to vote for you. You can't get that without Latinos and African-Americans voting for you in big numbers in Florida. He was able to do that because they like freedom. Everyone likes freedom. You see, the Democrat in Florida liked freedom. The Republican in Florida liked freedom. The black liked freedom. The Latino liked freedom. The white guy liked freedom. And that's why Ron DeSantis won by a million and a half votes. Didn't hurt that he ran against Charlie from the crypt either. But this is what bothers people like Gavin Newsom. It gets under their skin that a non-sociopath can win. That, that really bugs him. That must, that must keep him awake at nights. Obviously, he keeps him awake because he's always tweeting about him. He's absolutely obsessed with him. Maybe he's in love with him. It could be. Maybe I'm not really getting the psychological angle here. Maybe Gavin Newsom's in love with Juan DeSantis. Because he's always thinking about him. DeSantis doesn't think about Newsom at all. Even if he runs against him for president, he won't think about him. But Newsom is obsessed with Ron DeSantis. Eric, Mayor Shaft is obsessed with Ron DeSantis. They're all obsessed with him. It's a, it's a, it's a sick psychological obsession. I think I put my, my finger on it pretty good, though. I mean, on the surface, they'll just, people will just say, well, he's the leading Republican, so they have to go after him. But I think it's much deeper than that. Once again, I think it's sociopaths recognizing a non-sociopath 
and despising the fact that a non-sociopath can do so well in politics, so they're ascending on him. My my uh, degree, my psychological degree is hanging on the wall here. Um, and by the way, that, that bill that Jay Bhattacharya brings up about Tandon versus Newsom, that was one of the first lawsuits. That was, what, 20... 21. Yeah, that was one of the first lawsuits. And the U.S. Supreme Court said what Gavin Newsom was doing was breaking, was illegal, was breaking the Constitution, was illegal. It was anti-constitutional. It was a crime. And that was letting, not letting people gather religious, for religious services during COVID. So Newsom can bullshit all he wants about how Ron DeSantis is Ron DeSantis is defying the Constitution because he's not speaking to fucking MSNBC. That's so ridiculous. Fucking idiot. When he's actually defied the Constitution several times. Remember, twenty the 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 uh, the religious rights was the first lawsuit he lost. Uh, he's lost many, and of course, his latest one is unconstitutional, where doctors have to have to say what he says with with the with the government mandated. Uh, mantra is about COVID to their patients. That's also unconstitutional. And he'll lose that too. Because Democrats, like Gavin Newsom, try to defy the Constitution as much as they can. They try to get away with it. They try to skirt around it as much as they can because they hate the Constitution. They hate the freedom of speech. They hate the freedom of the press. They hate the First Amendment. They hate the, the Second Amendment. They hate gun rights. They hate everything. They hate religious rights. They don't believe in them. They don't believe in them. If they could, they would change that all. Democrats would, if they could snap their fingers and change all of that, they would change all of it. They'd take it all out. They would take it all out. And yet he can fucking bullshit the hypocrite and say Ron DeSantis is the one. Get the fuck out of here. Too much hair gel. I guess after a while, too much hair gel. Maybe there's a doctor out there. After a while, if you put too much hair gel in your hair, can it seep into your brain? Can it seep into your brain cells and destroy them? (sighs) Yeah, I mean, God forbid, you know, Ron DeSantis opposes the sexualization of children and the mutilation of their bodies. That's, 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 how could, how could he, how could Ron DeSantis, remember this, Ron DeSantis opposes, so understand the difference between Ron DeSantis and Gavin Newsom. If you're interested, let's fast forward and let's pretend, let's pretend that Micah Chopley is going to be right. Remember, I've, I've been proven right over and over again over the last three years, but let, let's say I'm right again. And I say it comes down to Gavin Newsom versus, versus uh, Ron DeSantis for president. So you have one guy in Ron DeSantis who opposes the sexualization of children which means that Gavin Newsom is for the sexualization of children. And Ron DeSantis opposes the mutilation of children's bodies, which means Gavin Newsom is for the mutilation of their bodies. Because remember, Gavin Newsom agrees with nothing Ron DeSantis believes in. He believes in the opposite. So Gavin Newsom believes children should be sexualized, that's open-minded, and their bodies should be mutilated. That's That's their right at eight years old. Okay. Ron DeSantis also opposed inappropriate curriculums and disengaged the power of the teachers unions, which means, and this is not a stretch at all, 
Gavin Newsom absolutely believes in inappropriate curriculums because he believes that these curriculums curri- curri- curriculums are appropriate to teach kids. He thinks it's fine to teach kindergartners about sex change operations. And if they want a sex change, they should put their hand up, go to the principal's office, and they can apply for a sex change. That, that's what he believes. And he also believes that the teachers' union – and also believes that children, white kids, should be taught how evil they are, how evil they are, uh, and submit to black kids because they're very evil. And black kids should understand that they're not worth anything. Because white people have always held them down and continue to hold them down. They're too weak. They're too weak to to defend themselves against black people. They need white liberals to sweep in and help them become something. That That's what he believes kids should be taught. Uh, Gavin Newsom also believes in the incredible power of the teachers' union. The teachers' unions, the union means more than children. The teachers' unions are more important than parents and children. Gavin Newsom absolutely believes in that 100%. He's good friends with Randy Weingarten. So Ron DeSantis also opposed forced vaccinations. So we know that Gavin Newsom loved forced vaccinations. He was totally 100% for forced vaccinations. Remember, you could not go to a play without a vaccination. You could not have a job without a vaccination. So we know that. Okay. Ron DeSantis also opposed covered faces. We know Gavin Newsom loves covered faces. He would keep people's faces covered forever if he could. Remember, the emergency is still in effect. It's it's absolutely insane. Absolutely fucking insane. But here here's my that's my blueprint for Ron DeSantis running against Gavin Newsom. He doesn't need my help, but you never know. Right there. Sure, Gavin Newsom disagrees with him on everything. Make sure people understand that. Make sure people understand exactly how Gavin Newsom disagrees with Ron DeSantis. That needs to be made perfectly clear and then let, let the chips fall they may let's see if let's see if most people in this country not california of course people in california love all this stuff that newsom's for but let's see if most people in this country believe in the sexualization of children the mutilation of their bodies inappropriate curriculums teachers unions over children and parents forced vaccinations forced covered mask uh, faces let's see if most of America agrees with that and Gavin Newsom will win, I put my chips on most of America disagreeing with that stuff and agreeing with Ron DeSantis doesn't want where my chips go. There's no doubt about that. But Ron DeSantis, and I believe he will, will have to make have to make these things very clear. To the 330 million people living in this country, fuck the people living in California. All right. The 290 people outside of California. All right, fuck New York. Okay, the 270 billion people outside of New York and California, that this is all true, that this this is what Gavin Newsom stands for. Do you? That's that's the perfect 60-second ad. This is what boom, 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 boom. This is what Gavin Newsom stands for. Do you? Gavin Newsom stands for the sexualization of children, the mutilation of their bodies, inappropriate curriculums, teachers' unions over students and parents. Forced vaccinations and forced masking. Do you? That's it. I think he'll win. And Gavin Newsom knows he'll win too. Yeah, someone tweeted. It's Tweety Bird. Tweety Bird. Tweety Bird. Tweety Bird tweeted, in a political debate, Gavin, uh, Governor DeSantis would run circles around Newsom. It's just the way things are. 100% agree. 
100% agree. I'm so glad to have Jay Bhattacharya really, really coming. Real, Jay's, Jay's been emboldened by the new free Twitter, more free Twitter. I know Daniel was suspended for seven days for nothing, but uh, more free than it used to be. There's still some algorithms that once once Elon is done fiddling around with Tesla can hopefully fix. Uh, yeah, here he goes. Hey, speak. How are you? Hey. <laughs> so um, I, I like the uh, um, no psychopath party. That's, 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 uh, yeah, that's, that's going to fly. Not, yeah. Not, not, well, not, not, a psychopath is not a sociopath, but not a psychopath is good, too. Yeah, yeah, not, not a sociopath, not a not a socialist. Um, yeah, yeah. What, what's something else that um, starts with the soch that we can put in there? We need you always need three whenever you do this. Sociology? No, no. Um, <laughs> nah. How about not a simp? It doesn't start with soch, but it's pretty. Good. Uh, oh, how about how about no social contagion? <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I like it. Except it's, it's 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 a little too long. It doesn't have the appropriate ring to it, but it's it's the uh, content is right. Yeah, um, put put me in put me and Gavin Newsom in a ring. That's that's what I, that's what I really want to happen. Well, just in a just in a room alone with no security, right? Without his yeah. security thugs, just alone in a room. That many of us, many of us men, and some women too, probably have. I'm sure many women can take him. Have this, have this fantasy of being in a, a room alone with Gavin Newsom, without his thugs with with guns. By the way, the guns he wants to take away from everyone else, but people with guns can protect him, right? Right? Yeah. 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 I'd really like to tell him while I'm in that room um, what he did to my family. Well, and just the balls of this guy, the balls. To write the op once again, this is what he's been doing, what Democrats have been doing all along. They're writing the opposite of the way things are, right? They are projecting. And this whole idea of writing that Gav that Ron DeSantis is defies the Constitution, when that's all Gavin Newsom done for the last three years is defy the Constitution. It's it's absolutely insane. But that's see this is what gets Democrats so upset that Ron DeSantis is so good at what he does. Ron DeSantis is not gonna do what most Republicans do. Which has fallen to the trap of actually talking because you're thinking about running or, or you will run for president, talking to the left-wing legacy media and letting them destroy you. He's not going to let them do that. Now, Ron, Ron is a, he's a he's a really clear thinker. That's which one of the things I, I like about him, and it's and um, it's obvious that he's good at thinking on his feet as well um, in any debate. Um, with uh, someone like Newsom, or pretty much anyone, <laughs> Ron's going to clean up um, because he is, like I said, he he's, thinks on his feet really well. He does not get rattled. I have never seen him get rattled um, taking questions from the press um, or anybody else. He he just seems to have a. I mean, he's a lawyer, right? Did he, was he a trial lawyer? Because the guy, you can't rattle the guy. I don't. I don't know if Ron DeSantis was a trial lawyer. He might have been. I mean, they, I mean, went to hell and hell, hell and Yavid. How about that? How about that for a Friday night? Hell and Yavid, Yale and Harvard, um, and he, uh, you know, was in the military. So he's got, uh, you know, like yeah. I said, you got books. Oh yeah, yeah. He 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 was he was a, he was a lawyer in the military. Um, yeah. I, so he may, may might have been a trial lawyer in the military, but um, yeah, he's just a. 
he's a hard to rattle guy. I, I, I haven't seen him rattled yet, and I haven't seen him, um, you know, <laughs> he's no Biden. I mean, Biden, Biden, 99% of what he says is a gaffe. Um, I have yet to see a single gaffe come, come out of uh, DeSantis. No, I mean, Biden's a gaffe machine. But Biden's been a gaffe machine long before he had dementia. Yeah, well, yeah, but at least it, back then he was in control of the, the gaffes and the have-truths and the total 100% not-truths. Um, he, he was in control of those. At least I, I think he was in control, control of those. Maybe he was compulsively making shit up. I don't know. But um, now he seems to have entirely lost lost control of his of his fabrications. Well, yeah, no. I mean, look, the fact of the matter is, is that... I, I can understand the idea of I can understand. A, look, I can understand targeting someone who you think is going to be the leading Republican candidate if you're a Democrat. I can understand politically the motivation, but the things they can. The problem is they can't really attack him on anything. So all they can do is lie. Right. All they can do is do the most idiotic, hypocritical things and say, oh, this guy, this guy is uh, his, his guy, this guy doesn't believe in freedom here in California. We believe in freedom when we know the real truth. It, that's that's the thing that makes me want to strangle the guy is that it's not like the real truth is like it's like it's 90 degrees off or 110 degrees off. It's 180 degrees the opposite of what he's saying. Yeah. And, and it's it's real. It's real obvious. It, it, this this really sort of smacks of um, schoolyard behavior. It, um, to me, at least, it, it looks as though um, Newsom is thinks he's going to have some posse behind him, his schoolyard posse that is going to back him up when he mouths off to um, uh, Santos too much. Um, but I think Santos, DeSantis, he, he, he just doesn't um, he just doesn't bite. And uh, and it makes it makes Newsom just look like he's just trying way too hard to be the tough guy. It makes Newsom look like he's trying way too hard to be uh, DeSantis's equal. And DeSantis doesn't engage. He's, he's, he's like, it's, it's like a, a big, you ever seen a big dog interact with a little dog? Right, right. <laughs> they, right. They, they simply, the, the little dog can yap, 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 yap until they cross a certain line. And then, then the big dog just flattens them. Um, that's, that's, what, that's what Newsom is behaving like. And it's just so p- pitifully obvious that that's what his behavior is like. And, his his advisors really should just tell him to shut up because he's he's looking like the, the yappy little dog. Well, it's not, but it's not even just Newsom. It's also you know Mayor Shaft Adams, right? He's he's been he's doing it also now. They're all yeah. doing that. They're all do, like you say, and it's exactly right. Like I it's said, it's 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 his posse, Newsom, and yeah. and and the rest. They think they've got this posse behind them that's going to stand with them as they after as they go after the big dog, and and I don't think they do. I mean, this is this is what the uh, the cowards in these posses how 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 it usually goes. They they think they they they've got people that's standing behind them, and as soon as the first punches start flying, they all scatter. And, and well, it is. It is. all, all the like, has to do is get pissed off enough. Yeah, well, it is. It's like you know, it's like it's like it, it is a schoolyard crap, but it's even worse than that. It's almost like it's almost like pointing out the kid who gets a hundred on every test and trying to point out how dumb they really are. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. You get hundred every test, but you're dumb. Yes. Yep. Exactly. And and, and they'll say you're, you're dumb. You're dumb. And and that kid also happens to be on the football team, and yeah. and he, and he's just hanging back, and he's just waiting for them to cross the line. And when they do, smack, and then he goes on with his life. Yeah. But then, once again, it is so utterly pathetic to most people 
But it's not utterly pathetic to the people who live in New York City. And it's not utterly pathetic to the people who live in – most of the people who live in California. That's but, – but once again, to what point is this? Uh, Gavin Newsom has no trouble winning in California. He doesn't need to go after Ron DeSantis for that. Eric Adams will have no problem winning in New York. He doesn't have to go through Ron DeSantis for that. What is the, what, to what end is this? To what, what is the, I don't understand the end game. I guess the only answer is they have no other – there's nothing else they can do, right? You, you mean Newsom's end game or the yeah, Democrats what's the end, end game? What's or? the end game for doing this obviously, patently, superficially pathetic stuff? Oh, you mean with what's the end game with these specific attacks well, that he's right. been, what's, what's the upside for him? What, what's for, he going to what's he going to achieve with it? Oh, with these attacks? Yeah. yeah. Well, he, he's, he's trying to look like he can stand up to DeSantis and, and DeSantis just isn't having it. And, and that's why he keeps pushing and pushing and pushing. He wants to get a reaction out of DeSantis and DeSantis is just he's not having it. He's <laughs> and it just make it keeps on making DeSantis look like the big dog. And once you go down that path of trying to um, provoke or get a rise out of the big dog, once you start down that, you got to keep on going. You're sort of committed to it, or else you look, or else you look foolish um, when you back down from the big dog before the big dog has even taken a bite. But at some point, DeSantis will. At some point, like 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 the big dog, at some point, uh, Newsom will cross the line. And DeSantis to say enough is left, enough, and he'll flatten him. Well, that will. I, I think DeSantis only. I think DeSantis only takes on Newsom if they're going head to head in the presidential election. I don't think. I don't think Newsom even mentions DeSantis. I don't think DeSantis even mentions Newsom before that because DeSantis is legitimate presidential, possible presidential candidate. And as long as Joe Biden's running, Newsom isn't. So unless unless Joe Biden decides he's not running, then it's a different story. But I don't think DeSantis even mentions Gavin Newsom's name until they both until they both win the nominations of their respective parties. Exactly. He doesn't mention his name, but you know that um, there are discussions about um, what Newsom is saying, and their partner in DeSantis and his team. I just have the feeling that they're getting their ducks in a row, and they will be ready. When Newsom crosses some given line that they probably already mapped up, and they will have the ammunition to just flatten them, and, and it, it's good. <laughs> it's going to be beautiful. That's all, that's all I can say. I it's gave them. The, I be, gave them. I've given them several commercials they can run. I mean, it doesn't take me. It doesn't take a. It doesn't. Well, take it's me. not going to just be a war. A war of words. That's yeah, not yeah. what's, what's going to flatten Newsom. I'm sure that they're going to have a lot more than that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I once again, I I've said this for, for months now. I want, I want Gavin yeah. Newsom to run for president. I want well, it. So do I. Want so do I. I, so want, do I. I mean, want the son of a bitch to, because uh, the, the more, the more visibility he has, the more it's the more people like me is going to go after him, far far more visibly. Um, I, I will be calling up every news station across the country saying, "Put me on. I want to talk about what he did to our family." And I know that there's thousands like me if not millions like me that want to talk to you and they want to have their voice heard. Yeah. Well, no, but my, my, the fun in my, uh, I, I want to see how he twists the record to, to make it look like he's done a great job in California <laughs> and make that play in Iowa and New Hampshire and Ohio and Pennsylvania out in Missouri, make it play there. I want, I want to make a play in Wisconsin and Michigan, make it Arizona and Georgia 
in Florida. Try to make that play. Try to twist that around. I mean, yeah. the record here is so abysmal. It's so yeah. abysmal. Look, the only way – look at Pete Buttigieg, right? Okay, look at Pete Buttigieg. He doesn't have the sex appeal, obviously, of Gavin Newsom. But here's the guy who was a total failed mayor of South Bend, Indiana. I mean, failed mayor of a small town. And he could not get elected anything. The only way he can get a job is by getting a woke, you know, uh, um, identity politics, political correctness position from Joe Biden. That's the only way he can get a real job. And he's not going to get a job being elected. He would not get that job if he, if he had to worry about being elected by the citizens to get transportation secretary job. He was just offered it by a wokester president. So that's how he got that job. But it's like you can't, you, you can't twist your record around. And I remember during the presidential primary, that record, that horrible record in South Bend, Indiana, was held against him. And it, didn't, it worked because it yeah. was a disaster. And he couldn't twist it to make it look like he was a great mayor. You know? yeah, and, it's and really so weird that he got his Given that record, is very, very strange that, that, that he got as far as he did. Well, it, it's, it's, you know, it's once again, it's, I, 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 I won't, we, we had this discussion about, uh, about uh, Vivek Ramaswamy and people running for president because they got money and, you know, just the, 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 um, the hubris of running for president after being not just a mayor of such a small town, but a failed mayor. Of yeah. a small town to me is just incredible. I can't. I could never vote for that person for anything because it shows their ego is so bloated. It just shows how strong the um, identity politics vibe is on the side of the Democrats. They will, and anything that smacks of identity politics, they just go for. Um, if you have um, uh, queer rodeo riders that um, love to, um, who knows? They'll just say, ah. The Republicans are going to hate yeah, that. Yeah, we, yeah we've, we've got to get behind that identity. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You know, so it's 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 the fact of the matter is, is that we're not going to have a discussion between adults when you have Newsom running into DeSantis. You'll have an adult DeSantis and a child Newsom, basically. You're not going to have. I, I kind of pine for the old days where you might have a you might have actually two nominees who are adults, two nominees with who are adults who aren't total phonies and hypocrites, both of them equally, who just have a different point of view of life and how to get yeah. things done. Right. Yeah, they remember those days? Get, <laughs> maybe they want to get the same things done, but in a different way. But they're both adults, not children. And we haven't had that in a while. And if we have a DeSantis versus Newsom, we'll have one who's an adult and one who's not, you know. And if we have a Trump versus a Newsom, we'll probably have two children. You know, it, it's like I don't I, – I want two adults from each party to run again. And what, can, you, can you really think about the last time – I know it's Friday and it's late. But the last time an adult was nominated in both the Republican and Democratic primaries and ran against each other in a general election. Um, it's it's not so much the candidates and their adultness. It's it's the entire parties on on on, on both sides. They they just they just act like babies. I mean, then and it's and it's just kind of um you know too many cooks in the kitchen, and when there's too many cooks in the kitchen, things get homogenized. Um, messages get lost. People start the party starts parties start looking weak. Um, this, this is just one more reason to, to have somebody that's um, got their shit together, like DeSantis, um, le leading the leading the charge um, in, in the in the next presidential race, because um, 
yeah, he he's um he's got control of his team, and you're not seeing this weird homogenization um, where they're trying to play all angles and um, and, and triangulate and to to try to win as many votes as possible. No, he, he's he's sticking to a a real strong ideological um, and cultural and um, responsibility oriented sort of platform form. And we just, just call it the realism platform, call it the non-crazy platform. Like we've been talking normal versus crazy is what we got. Um, and he's just sticking to it and he's not triangulating. And I can't remember where he's going with this, but um, he, he's, not allow- yeah, he's not allowing the message to be diluted. And in the way you don't allow the message to, to, to be diluted is simply Maintain your principles, and that's what he's doing. I agree 100%. Maintain your principles. And I, once again, I, we'll talk more about this once things get going, but I think there's absolutely no way. Um, it, and by the way, the Republicans, I understand the RNC is looking at 12 debates, which is good. They're looking at a dozen debates in the primary. So we'll get a really good idea of all the candidates and where they stand by the, end of the, by the time next February rolls around and the, and the Iowa caucuses begin. But um, I, I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you that if Joe Biden, well, first of all, if Joe Biden, here's the thing about the Democrats, because they like to control everything and they don't believe in fair primaries. They, they, uh, and they've said that, right? So um, if Joe Biden decides to run again, did you see that Marianne Williamson is now in? You remember her? Yeah, I remember her, but I didn't see it. She was in. Yeah, she's in. So she's, she's just running against Biden. If he, he's, she's running for president whether Biden decides to run again or not, she said. But there's no way the Democrats are going to allow any debates if Joe Biden's running for president. But if Joe Biden decides not to run for president, I guarantee you the Democrats won't have nearly as many debates as the Republicans. Not nearly as many debates as the Republicans because their yeah. candidates are going to be garbage. You know, but so- Biden's, brain, Biden's brain simply isn't going to make it. We can just scratch him off. He's, he's not going to make it. So, so it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be yeah, a new half, summer. Yeah, it's half-half now. I mean, some people are saying he's not going to run, and some people are saying he's absolutely definitely going to run. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, I've gone back and forth. I don't know. Maybe if they do, maybe if they do a deep fake after he's, you know, it's, it's a it's a deep fake, a weekend at Bernie sort of thing. Maybe maybe that's what maybe that's what will run, but but not the real Joe Biden. How about weekend at Bernie Sanders? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bernie's been, been a huge disappointment, hasn't he? For 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 everybody. I mean, the guy just. Um, he can't, he can't stand up to a fruit fly. I hey, mean, Bernie's going to be in San Jose next week. Do you want to go? Anybody want to go? In Heckleham? What, what day? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to. He wants you got to pay $90 for a good seat. The anti-capitalist uh, wants you to pay $90. Yeah, I'm not I'm not paying the socialist. He he wouldn't want me to pay him anyway. So. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I, don't, I think I'll pass. Yeah. I, think, I think I'll pass on that. But yeah, I, I well, think I heard, I heard DeSantis might have a, a book or a book tour going on. So maybe he'll come out this way. That might be, that would be great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'm signing off. Okay. Hey, have a good night. All right. Thanks, Daniel. I appreciate it. Let's see what else. Okay. I did want to mention, I do want one other story before I go into the, if anyone wants to call in about anything else, you, you are welcome to call in. The phone lines are open, but I, I wanted to go back to a little bit, a story on San Francisco. And the lockdowns and COVID and their policies. This is, ha- this is written in the Chronicle, remember. So these numbers they give are probably much larger 
Here's how many office workers downtown San Francisco lost during the pandemic. Downtown San Francisco has lost nearly 150,000, so it's more than that. Daily office workers since the start of the pandemic due to a shift to remote work and online shopping. This is according to a report from the city's budget and legislative analyst office. They're underplaying that number. It's a lot higher. If you go through financial district here in San Francisco, the only time there's any movement at all is when there's a, uh, a convention in town. The total number of daily office workers lost, according to the policy analysis report, uh, is estimated to be 147303. Okay, they keep on going with, okay. All other downtown industries affected by, other downtown industries affected by, according to the report, were primary, those accommodations, food service. So, so basically hotels have suffered, food services have suffered, retail industries with approximately 32,000 jobs lost. The report analyzed economic challenges the downtown area faces, such as the impact of remote work on tax revenue from offices, how workers benefits, small businesses, vacant commercial space, diversifying industries downtown, and a lack of housing. A study conducted by Stanford University cited in the report that prior to the pandemic, office workers would spend about $168 per week, per week near their workplaces. The estimated financial loss downtown businesses have experienced would be approximately $1.2 billion with a B a year. In order to deal with the potential tax revenue loss, the Board of Supervisors could possibly consider tax code changes to help address any revenue shortfalls. Now, those tax code changes, as we've seen with the uh, what they'll do is they'll hurt. This is it. So they're going to hurt small businesses even more. They're going to. So their, their idea to help the situation is to hurt small businesses. The tax code changes are going to hurt small businesses. OK, that's what they're going to go after. And corporations who have stuck around here and haven't left, unlike so many of them, there are a few have left. It'll go after them just the way we know they're going after small business owners now, fining them for ridiculous picayune awning, awning issues to try to get as much money from them as possible. In order to deal to be additionally, the report called for the improvement and investment into public spaces downtown, addressing improved transit in the area from other areas, incentivizing creative. Okay, so once again, all the stuff this report is talking about, all the revenue has been lost. Once again, you won't go to go to Tampa, Florida, go to Fort Lauderdale, go to Miami, go to Aventura, go to Orlando, go to St. Peter, go to any of them in Florida and see if this is a problem there. Of course not. Because this is a result of the lockdowns inspired by the mayor of San Francisco and the governor, Gavin Newsom. This is more bullshit. This is here, maybe Gavin Newsom can bring this with him to a debate. Maybe he could bring these numbers with debate and Ron DeSantis is going to bring his numbers. And see what cities have done better over the last three years. San Francisco, Los Angeles, Sacramento, San Diego or Tampa, Fort Lauderdale, Miami and Orlando. Let's see. Let's compare and contrast. How about that hair gel king of California? How about that, Hair Jail King? All of this due to the policies of the mayors in this state under the web of the governor. Remember, the mayors are bad. They're awful. They suck. But Governor Gavin Newsom made them also do these things. They had to follow the state policy. <clears throat> so workers lost, revenue lost, small businesses destroyed. Yet the Salesforce building here in San Francisco can wave their Ukrainian flag, put their Ukrainian flag colors on the top to mark the one year anniversary. As no one works in that building, by the way, Underst please understand that no one works in that huge, expensive, 
monstrosity penis building. No one's working there anymore. They have not told them to go back to work. They could tell them to go back to work, but they're not. And yet they'll wave the Ukrainian flag while the city is in shambles. Great, beautiful virtue signaling. That's what's important here. That, that's what's important in San Francisco, in our, in, our, in our cities run by Democrats. Virtue signaling, not quality of life, not being able to live and not be killed by the mutants, by the savages in the streets, not having our small businesses destroyed and closed. I was down, I was just down, uh, I'll get into my movie reviews, but I was just seeing one of them. I was just seeing a movie and I was just down in the um, Union Square area. And if you don't know San Francisco, it's the, it's a very small, tiny Times Square of, 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 of San Francisco. So you compare it to Times Square, not really, but that's generally it. It's a city center. And I get out of the movie at 930 9.30 on a Friday night, and nobody was in the streets other than a few people and people who were just zombie-like, in a zombie state. It was like the zombie apocalypse. It was like uh, not a living dead. At 9.30 at night on a Friday night in the city center, that is what Democrats do. All right, I'm going to do a – well, you can call anytime you want, but if I'll do a last call for now because I'm going to – I'm going to uh, – we got Daniel off in time. Well, I don't think I'm going to have to pay John Williams any overtime tonight. So let me let me call in. Yeah, John, you want to come in? If they want to call in, they can call in after the reviews. But okay, because I want to get you out of here, so I don't got to pay you. Uh, okay, John, this is John Williams um, playing me in once again, along with the with the with the Boston with the Boston Pops. Hey, John, thank you. Thank you. If I don't go too long, he might play me out. But that's that. Thank you, John Williams. Okay. So, as everyone knows, I am going to review a couple of films now. And the first film, and I'm going to play the, I'm, uh, this is my new thing. It's very high tech. I'm going to play the trailer. I know you're used to only seeing trailers on television, but they actually do work on audio. They do work on the radio too. So, the first film I'm going to review and I'll play the, the one-minute trailer for you, is Cocaine Bear. There's an area called Blood Mountain. The pilots know where to drop our load. And then we just go and get it. Where's the duffel? No, 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 don't eat that, don't eat that. Let's see what kind of effect that has on it. The bear. It did cocaine. Cocaine. Can someone do something? What is that? Beth, we should go. This is inspired by a true story. By the way, both movies I'm reviewing tonight are inspired by true stories. This is actually a true story. It really is. 
It happened in 1985. And what happened was there were these drug dealers and they were dropping drugs. <laughs> they were dropping drugs from an airplane and something happened. There was an accident and the guy who was dropping the drugs that was killed and all these drugs fell and they were littered all over the forest. <laughs> and the bear, a bear got into it. <laughs> so a bear was then high on cocaine. Now, I understand the original story didn't end very well. I think I think the poor bear expired. But as most of us would expire if we took in that much cocaine, you know, he ate like one of those cocaine bricks. So the bear ate a brick of cocaine. <laughs> so the story goes back to 1985 and it chronicles this uh, bear eating cocaine. And the bear in the in the film obviously is so addicted then to cocaine that he is uh, seeking out all the other cocaine that was dropped. And along along the way, since he's high on cocaine, he's acting very bizarre and basically killing everyone. <laughs> It's bad. Um, the concept I thought was great, right? That you're going to have this basically this over the top film about this bear who ate cocaine. So if you're doing a film about a cocaine bear and calling it cocaine bear, it's probably going to be over the top and not take itself too seriously. And there are plenty of scenes of the bear being, you know, high and doing weird things like rubbing his back on a tree and, you know, fucking a tree and then going after tourists and, you know, eating them alive and <laughs> tearing them apart and all this stuff. And uh, it's played up because of the, the absurd violence. But the, the only problem is in between the scenes of this bear doing his thing, the characters are pretty flat and the story is very flat and the jokes are flat and the acting is flat. And uh, basically, we're just waiting for the bear again. We can't wait for the bear to appear again because the bear is the best character in the film. There is one of the final performances by Ray Liotta, who plays the head of these, you know, the uh, 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 the drug dealers who's looking for his cocaine and ends up obviously having an, a, a, an encounter with the bear towards the end of the film. But, um, you know, the, the film also brings in, you know, kids and uh, who happen to wander off and they get involved in all this and. Uh, and, you know, it seems like I said, the scenes of the bear being high on cocaine and the and the action, the violence is so over the top. But also also problem is the film has a a, a, um, a pacing issue and kind of an issue with with uh, the violence in that it wants it to be funny. But some of it is so grotesque and macabre that it, it kind of loses the humor. Right. And it kind of falls flat. Um, so sometimes it doesn't know what it wants to be. Sometimes it wants to be this funny over the top film. Sometimes it wants to be like a real horror film. And it, 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 it the, the, the themes and the moods don't really mix. And the whole thing, like I said, kind of falls flat. I think the best thing is the bear is a CGI bear, but when the bear is really interacting with, with humans, it's a stuntman. That's what I understand the difference is. It's CGI at times and then a stuntman. And, and the mix is great. You can't tell the difference. It's seamless. So the bear is the best thing about the film. You know, there are scenes of the bear sneezing and cocaine can flying out of his nose. It's kind of cute and kind of weird and kind of funny. But the story is flat. And uh, I think a lot more could have been done with it. Um, if it maybe had a, a, a better screenplay, a better story, and maybe it was just more consistent in tone. That's the problem. With tone, it's all over the place. So in the end, it kind of falls flat. It's kind of a one-joke thing that goes on for an hour and a half. So uh, unfortunately, I cannot recommend... I know, I know. You were hoping it was good. You were hoping it was good. But no, I can't recommend Cocaine Bear. It's not worth the time. Um, okay, my next film is Jesus Revolution. So we're going to go from Cocaine Bear to Jesus Revolution. Um, and let me just play the... Hang on with me. Let me cue it up. 
see if this works. And I'll play the trailer for uh, for Jesus Revolution. Hey, Square. I am not a square. I think we should invite Greg this weekend. What's this weekend? Understood and judged, you will find forgiveness and freedom right here. That was awesome. Now that door is open any time of day. And if there are some who don't like that, well then that door works both ways. All right, Pastor, let's begin. I was almost done with this. I think you did what nobody else would even dare. This thing that we found, I feel like I belong. You're gonna need a bigger church. is a dark and divided place but now there's hope and it's spreading this is your home and i want you to tell all your friends about it okay so this is actually based on a a, this is really a true story and i i was obviously well before my time but um it, it was it takes place in the early 70s uh and it takes place in southern california and kelsey Grammer is a is a pastor these are all based on real people um, so uh, Kelsey Grammer plays Pastor Chuck Smith, and uh, he has a little church, um, Calvert Church in, uh, in Southern California, and uh, it's not doing very well. So it's all right, but, you know, a little boring pastor stuff. But at the same time, you know, you have the hippie revolution going on, right? There's still the Vietnam War is in full effect. You still have Nixon in office, and there's the, you know, you had the, the Woodstock and all the and Janis Joplin comes to Southern California. And so it's a, sort of, it, it, what it does is it, it kind of, um, you know, and at the beginning, Kelsey Grammer is, uh, you know, looks at the hippies on television and, and doesn't like them and thinks they're dirty and uh, doesn't understand what they're doing and thinks they're all drug addicts. And uh, one day he's uh, encounters one of them who's brought back uh, hitchhiking by his, with his daughter. And uh, the guy enlightens him. And the one who enlightens him is uh, named uh, Lonnie Frisbee, also based on a real character, played by Jonathan Rumi. And Lonnie uh, tries to explain to him that he, he, the pastor, and these hippies have a lot in common. And actually they do, if you think about it, right? The, the, the church is always preaching peace, you know, and helping other people. And these hippies, they want to promote peace and love, right? The whole freedom, right? This was the, was the summer of love and all of that stuff. So they really do have a lot more in common than the pastor originally thinks. But uh, 
Lonnie Frisbee, the hippie, wins him over. Lonnie Frisbee is a, is a very religious person, right? He has found God and he wants to become a preacher. And the film is about the way the pastor brings in Frisbee and he actually takes over the church and explodes into this huge thing, you know, which has happened recently in Kentucky, right? With that 24 seven prayer service. This is kind of the same thing, but on a, it's almost like the movie company set that up to happen at this time. It's weird. Uh, but uh, this was on a bigger scale, obviously. And this actually happened in the early 70s with this started to spread. This Jesus revolution started to spread where you had a lot of these hippies, these anti-war people all getting into religion, getting into God, getting into Jesus and preaching. And it really spread. The word spread and it became a huge thing. Um, I didn't know any of this. So it's really the film is very enlightening. It does not lay on the Jesus stuff thick. It's not. Um, it also captures the time period of that early 70s really well. It's very well filmed and well directed. Uh, it also um, is very touching in many ways. And the transition that Kelsey Grammer goes through because of the screenplay and because he's a great actor is believable. When he's being talked to by Lonnie Frisbee and he's trying to explain to him, he wins him over. We truly believe that. Uh, and that's because Kelsey Grammer is such a great actor. The performances are really on. They're all fantastic performances. The film does get that bogged down into a little too many storylines, but that's a small complaint. Overall, it really does capture the revolution and really get you into it. I mean, it, it, uh, the film is, is very well paced. It really rolls along. It envelops you into this revolution, into what happened back in the early 70s. Um, and it really is, a, I think, a really good film for our times. I think people actually need this film now. Um, once again, it's about people who seemingly have a lot of differences, but when they get together, they realize they have a lot of things in common uh, that make sense, common sense-wise, and how they build this uh, this revolution together. Um, overall, you really feel it. It has a kind of an epic feel to the film. Um, like I said, maybe it gets a little bogged down to too many storylines. I wish maybe it was a little more streamlined. But overall, I think it's a really good, really well-made, really inspiring movie that does not lay on the religion too thick. And I think it's going to play really well. Uh, the audience I saw it with loved it. So I'm definitely going to recommend uh, uh, going to recommend uh, Jesus Revolution. So definitely go see Jesus Revolution. Don't go see Cocaine Bear. John, did I go too long? I think I was pretty good today, John. Could you come back in and play me out, please? Don't. Okay. He, he, he says he will. Thanks. Thank, thanks, John. We'll see you next Friday. Okay. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Um, boy, the money I'm spending on this show now with uh, John Williams and the trailers. Hope people, I hope people appreciate it. What'd you say, Greg? The film what? I can't. This, this is so. This type. Can someone make this typing? Okay, here it is. The film Navalny. Navalny. Did I miss it? What is it about, Navalny? You say it's really great. Is it a newer film? How did I miss it? Let me see. Let me see. Navalny. Let me look it up right now while I'm on with you here. Uh, on the absolutely ama amazing, here we go, Internet Movie Database, IMDb. Why am I not seeing? Oh, here it is. Navalny. Okay, very good. Oh, it is. This year. Yes. Uh, let's see. Uh, follows the man who survived an assassination attempt 
by poisoning with a lethal nerve agent and all. Oh, 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 that guy. Okay. All right, Greg, we know. We know you hate Putin, right? Do you hate Putin, Greg? I guess so. Okay. We have two Gregs. Are there two separate Gregs on here right now? Yes. Okay. But this is the one that Putin tried to, is this the one that Putin tried to supposedly, as we're told by the West media, tried to poison? Was it, was it certain he poisoned him? But this is that guy, right? Who was supposedly poisoned by Putin? I believe so. Yeah, it takes viewers inside the careful investigation to the shocking and brazen assassination attempt against Russian opposition leader. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll see it. Actually, the reviews are very, very good. It gets a, a 7-7 from the audiences and an 82 on Metascope. All right, Greg, relax. Watch the film and learn something. Relax. Okay, so let's see. Navalny. Okay, looks... I'll. I'll is this on... Oh, we can't... Is, this, is it in theaters now? I don't think it's streaming yet. Oh, look at this. It's actually at my local Metreons. Maybe I'll catch it. And if I can catch it before it goes away, I will review it. Okay, Navalny. Navalny. All right. Okay. I will absolutely, absolutely watch it. Because I, you know what? I need to, I need to, I feel like I need to be indoctrinated. I need to, I need to hate Putin more, right? I don't think I hate, I think I don't hate Putin enough. I think it's a problem. I don't, I don't hate him enough, right? I have to, I have to be, I have to be enveloped by the pod people and hate, and hate Putin. Evil, evil emperor. Biden is such a glowing light of freedom. Oh, such a glowing light of freedom. And don't you feel it? Don't you feel the freedom and the light and the warmth when Joe Biden speaks? Anyway. I don't want to appease the Kremlin. I'm not even getting it. We're past the film review portion, so we're not getting into this. We'll get into it more next week. But I do want to remind people, once again, that Monday night, the first show of the week, will be a special primetime edition of And Let's Be Heard with John Dennis, the chairman of the San Francisco Republican Party. So 7.30 p.m. Pacific, 10.30 p.m. Eastern on Monday night. That'll be my next, that'll be the next show. I want everyone to have a great weekend. Okay. Everyone have a fantastic weekend. Thanks for spending the night with me. Thanks for spending the week. The name of this show is, and let's be heard. And Monday night will be a big show. But until then, until then, this is Mike Kachopoli reminding you that your influence counts. Use it. <laughs>